The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Six o'clock Central Time, and you know what that means. Time for Pat Gray (laughs) Unleashed in the morning. I guess in the morning we're even more unleashed, you know? You think so? Because we get up earlier and we're crankier. Mm. And uh, things piss us off a little bit more. Boy, I was a little scared this morning walking out of my driveway. I heard uh, coyotes. Oh, yeah? Just a pack of them probably killing <clears throat> some baby calf or something. I don't know. It's a pleasant thought. Yeah. That's right. how I started my day. Mm-hmm. Good. Anyway. Uh, we got more on the Saudi journalist killing. I mean, some really grisly details have come out uh, from the Turks about that. Um, we'll share what the president has said about it. Um, also, president was very Trump-esque yesterday. Get into that. There's another mass illegal immigrant caravan headed our way. This one, uh, about 3,000 people so far and uh, growing every single day. 3,000 people all at once. Also, the uh, there's a feud going on. Between Ben Sass, Senator Sass, and Sean Hannity, which is really unfortunate. I mean, do we let let the liberals eat their own? Uh, but uh, apparently, it can't be just the liberals eating their own. We we've got to do it as well. Um, and the the Beto and Ted Cruz debate that happened last night. Mm-hmm. Beto is trying to make up. Uh, around a seven to nine point deficit right now, and he's—I—I I don't think he can do it. In fact, I, I think that that Ted is going to win this going away, but we'll see. Um, it's interesting because CNN actually fact checked some of the things that Beto has been saying on the campaign trail. He loves to talk about his mother, who is a lifelong Republican, hmm. and. You know, even though she's a lifelong Republican, mm-hmm. just a staunch conservative mm-hmm. and has only voted for Republicans and will only consider Republicans her entire life, she's going to cast a vote for her son. Oh, that's sweet, though. Isn't you know? that precious? That is very nice. So, first of all, you would expect, even if she has been yeah. a lifelong Republican, to vote for her son. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course she's going to vote for her You're going to vote for Ted Cruz over your own son? I'd say there might be an issue in that family if that's true. <laughs> However, uh, this lifelong Republican that only votes Republican mm-hmm. voted for Barack Obama in 2008. But wait, wait, wait. That's wait, like wait. saying she's a lifelong Republican, but she loved Joe Stalin and voted for him uh, like seven times. <laughs> I mean, I don't. You know, you go, you're a lifelong Republican, but you jump into the water for the Marxist in, in 2008. That's, that's the one. That's the one you decided to, to cross the aisle for. Yeah. The and Marxist. She, she couldn't, by the way, she couldn't remember who she voted for in 2016. You can't remember who you voted for two years ago? Well. I mean, that's nonsense. She remembers she voted for Barack Obama in 08. Uh-huh. She can't remember who she voted for in 2016. Uh, strange, you bet. Uh, also, she has voted in Democrat primaries 
Every year in Texas, every year there's been a vote since 2000. This lifelong Republican, lifelong, well, except for the last 18 years when she's voted Democrat. Uh, She also donated to Barack Obama's presidential campaign in 2007. This lifelong Republican. What in the world, man? (laughs) The one thing she did that seems Republican is she donated to Ted Cruz's senatorial campaign in 2012. Strange. I mean, really interesting. Wow, she is very interesting. But uh, so she's all over the place. But this lifelong Republican Uh who's voted Democrat since 2000 and voted for Barack Obama, essentially a Marxist, uh, she's going to vote surprisingly for her own son this year. I love it. I I can't believe CNN actually fact checked and looked into that. That is interesting. But they did. So uh, good for them. Hmm. A little credit where credit is due. Uh, they actually did something that was sort of journalistic. That's amazing. Write this down. Write this day down. Yeah, you might want to. October seventeenth, mm-hmm. want to. 2018. Okay. Uh, also, as far as the debate last night, they uh, they discussed abortion quite a bit. Here's the debate between Ted Cruz and Beto on abortion last night. On the question of life, Congressman O'Rourke is at the extreme pro-abortion side. So he has repeatedly voted in favor of late-term abortions. He has repeatedly voted in favor of taxpayer funding for abortions. I've got to say that that's not consistent with the views of the people of Texas. The people of Texas, and I will say especially the Hispanic community, we don't want to see taxpayer-funded, Medicaid-funding abortions and late-term abortions. I think that's extreme and and, and that's disconnected. And I, I will note as well, on the question of judges, judges is a massive divide between Congressman O'Rourke and me. I was proud to help lead the effort to confirm Neil Gorsuch to the Supreme Court. I was proud to help lead the effort to confirm Justice Brett Kavanaugh to the court. Congressman O'Rourke would have voted against both of them, and he wants to see, like Hillary Clinton promised to appoint, left-wing judicial activists who impose their own policy preferences from the bench. I I don't think that's what the people of Texas want. We want judges and justices who will follow the Constitution and follow the law. That's your time. Thank you. Congressman, you have 90 seconds for response. Senator Cruz has a very troubling record when it comes to judicial nominations and confirmations. He supported the nomination of a judge, Jeff Mateer, who described transgender children as part of Satan's plan, believes in conversion therapy. He supported the nomination of a judge, uh, someone to be a judge, who'd never tried a case before. Another potential judge who could not tell us whether Brown versus the Board of Education was correctly decided. From our perspective, in a state where you can be fired for being gay, I want justice who believes in civil rights. From the perspective of a state that ranks 50th in voter turnout in the country, not by accident, by design, some people drawn out of their democracy, I want a justice who believes in voting rights. And for a state that is at the epicenter of the maternal mortality crisis, as we made it harder and harder for women to get access to the health care that they need, to get that cervical cancer screening, to see that family planning provider, to see a provider of any kind. We're losing them faster here than in almost any other state, almost any other developed country in the world. I will only vote to confirm a Supreme Court justice who believes in a woman's right to make her own decisions about her own body and who has the health care access to be able to do so. 
We should be able, the next junior senator from the state of Texas, to work with our colleagues, to work with the administration, to have justices who will rule in favor of people and our needs, not corporations, not special interests, not the political action committees. Those are some very significant needs that we have in Texas right now, not represented by Judge, now Justice um, Kavanaugh. And so, yeah, this, this is a decision that I'm concerned about. Uh, it's a decision he's concerned about. Uh, he's concerned about the wrong things. He's he's concerned about a woman's right to choose instead of the choice that is being made to uh, end the life of a human being. I, I I just I can't understand how they just blow past that fact, and it's perfectly fine. Everything Ted said, he, he didn't uh, he didn't deny any of it. In fact, he really confirmed all of it. Mm-hmm. So he is for late term <coughs> abortions. Um, he. He he only cares about the reproductive rights of a woman, not whether or not uh, children are born in this state or any other state. So there is uh, there's that discussion. There's also uh, here's Ted talking about climate change. Bruce, President Trump said on Sunday that something is changing in regards to the climate. You're clearly on record for years saying there's no evidence to uh, just back that up, that nothing exists yet to back that up. But major oil companies, including Texas-based ExxonMobil, says even on this website, the risk of climate change is clear and warrants action. That's ExxonMobil's own words there. So what do you tell Texas companies who think this really is a problem? Well, listen, of course the climate is changing. The climate has been changing from the dawn of time. The climate will change as long as we have a planet Earth. Thank you. Um, I am the son of two mathematicians and computer programmers. Me too. I believe in science. I chair the Science and Space Subcommittee of the Senate Commerce Committee. And indeed, in that capacity, I chaired a hearing looking on the science and data behind global warming. And we heard testimony. We heard actual science and data. Far too many Democrats approach this issue, not as a matter of science. I think we should follow the science and follow the evidence. But instead, what they approach it as, as a matter of government power. They want the power to control the economy. That has led, for example, Congressman O'Rourke to cast some votes that I think are really harmful Mm -hmm. to the people of Texas. For example, Congressman O'Rourke voted in favor of a $10 a barrel tax on every barrel of oil produced in the state of Texas. That would have been absolutely devastating to the state of Texas. By the way, $10 a barrel, that works out to about 24 cents a gallon that every one of us would pay when you go fill up your car or truck. That would hurt the people of Texas. And let me point out, look, a robust energy sector is good for all of Texas. There are millions of jobs that depend on a robust oil and gas sector. And and Congressman O'Rourke's record voting against Texas oil and gas, voting against energy, that hurts the economy, it hurts jobs, it's, it, it's not right for Texas. And let me point out, all of those oil and gas workers, they buy homes, they buy cars and trucks, they get health care, they, they give to churches and schools. And by the way, the University <laughs> of Texas and Texas A&M get hundreds of millions of dollars from our energy sector. That's your time, Senator. Let's move on to a 90-second response from Mr. O'Rourke. This is what you can expect over the course of this debate. Uh, Senator Cruz is not going to be honest with you. He's going to make up positions and votes that I've never held or have ever taken. He's dishonest. It's why the president called him (laughs) lying Ted, and it's why the nickname stuck, because it's true. Um, Look, the the climate is changing, and man-made Climate change is a fact. 300 years after the Enlightenment, no. we should be able to listen to the scientists and follow their advice. Which which scientists do you want to listen to? The 37,000 who don't agree 
with uh, man-caused climate change? I, <laughs> I, it was a great response, actually, from Ted. Uh, of course, the climate is changing. It's changed from day one yeah. and, and through modern times. It's always changed. It's been hotter than this. It's been colder than this. It will be hotter than this. It will be colder than this. This is a is a climate that continually morphs. We have uh, we have uh, a changing, ever changing planet here, and they know that. And for some reason, no, it's it, that doesn't make any sense to them now. Doesn't make any sense to them. Uh, for for Beto to deny, uh, we'll have to fact check that whether or not he he voted for the bill that would have raised uh, the the gas tax ten dollars a barrel. We'll have to look into that. But then they talked about uh, border control. Here's uh, Cruz on the border. And Congressman O'Rourke sides with liberal extremists on the national level instead of the people of Texas, instead of jobs of Texas. And and, and by the way, Senator Metroton. Are great too. Texas leads in energy across the board. <clears throat> Representative, this question is about immigration policy. Uh, we know your position and passion for the Dreamers, and we know that you are adamantly against extending the existing border fence. This question here is specifically about border security. If we don't need a border wall, can you please look at the people of Texas tonight and tell them what we do need? I'd be happy to. And, and listen, I don't know that there's another person who has a greater stake in this issue than I do. Amy and I are raising Ulysses and Molly and Henry in El Paso, Texas, uh, one half of the largest binational community on the border, the, the defining border community. We care about our kids' safety. I care about the safety of those that I represent in Congress. I care about the safety of every single person in the state of Texas. El Paso, in fact, is one of, if not the safest cities in the United States of America. Because we have world-class law enforcement, police and sheriff's deputies. But it's also because we are a city of immigrants. A quarter of those that I represent were born in a country, another country, chose us, came here to this country, and by their very presence, made it better. No wall is going to solve legitimate security concerns. But but smart policy will. And let me describe uh, one of those to you. Senator John Cornyn and I. Though he's a Republican and I'm a Democrat, he's in the Senate and I'm in the House, worked on policy together to invest in our ports of entry. That's where more than 90% of everyone and everything that ever comes into the United States first crosses. Having a better idea of who and what comes into our country demonstrably makes us safer. And at the same time, those customs officers are able to facilitate legitimate trade and travel that's connected to more than a million jobs in the state of Texas. As we all know, here at the home of Toyota, trade is the lifeblood of the state of Texas. If we can make our communities more secure, as this bill did, and facilitate more job-growing trade, um, then, then we've really figured something out. And I think that John Corner and I have been able to do it. Republicans That's and Democrats time, working together on an issue that makes Texas better. That's your time. Thank you. Uh, Senator, you have 90 seconds to respond. So everyone should notice in his answer that he wanted to talk about trade, he wanted to talk about customs, he wanted to talk about everything except border security. Thank you. And let me say, there's no race in the country with a starker divide on immigration than this race here in the state of Texas. As for me, I'm incredibly honored to have received the formal endorsement of the National Border Patrol Council. 
the union of the men and women who risk their lives mm. keeping our nation safe. I, I will note here at this debate, I'm very pleased we have Brandon Judge and, and Paul Perez, both from the National Border Patrol Council. Mm. The reason they're supporting me is I've led the fight to secure the border, building a wall, using technology, increasing boots on the ground. Mm. We can keep our community safe. Congressman O'Rourke not only opposes a wall, but he has said we have too many fences and walls already on the border. He wants to tear down the ones we have. And I'll note, he brought up El Paso. El Paso is right across from Juarez, one of the most dangerous cities in the world. 3,000 murders last year. There's a wall there. That wall is one of the tools you use to protect us. But, but let me give you an example of just how extreme Congressman O'Rourke is on immigration. Kate's Law, common sense legislation, overwhelming majority of Texans <clears throat> supported. I'm the author of Kate's Law in the Senate that says violent criminal illegal aliens, if they're deported repeatedly, should face a mandatory minimum prison sentence. Congressman O'Rourke has voted against Kate's Law. That's wrong. We, need, we should not be releasing violent criminals into our community. That's right. Uh, good stuff from Ted Cruz. And, you know, Beto... Beto, Beto, whatever is, however you pronounce his Hispanic nickname, you know, for this uh, Irish American. Beta. Uh, <laughs> he continually throws out El Paso is the, if one of, if not the safest, it's 13th in the state of Texas. It is not one of the safest cities in America. It's not. He continues to lie about that over and over and over again. And like Ted pointed out, Juarez is one of the most dangerous cities in the world. It's right next door. You want everybody pouring across that border? No, thank you. No, thank you. If you're having a hard time hearing this debate, uh, we've got more on it. Um, when your ears aren't clean, they you, you might not hear the great things that Ted has to say and the asinine things that Beto has to say. Um, so what you need is to order the Wax RX ear wash system. Doctor developed works safely when other products fail. This isn't jamming, you know, Q-tips into your ears or putting a flame up to your head. This is a, a method that physicians use and trust the most, and it's w- like what they do in their office. Just costs a lot less. Wax RX comes with every, everything you need to safely clean out your earwax and condition your ears conveniently at home for less than you would pay for a doctor's visit. Go to usewaxrx.com, order your reusable earwash system today, use the offer code radio, and you'll get it shipped free to your door. When you use the radio code, you get free standard shipping. So go to usewaxrx.com. All right, so there's uh, much more on this debate. They also they talked about uh, civility. They talked to, they had some closing statements, but they also got into the debt a little bit, which is fascinating because the debt this year is going to wind up over a trillion dollars again. A trillion dollars. And this with Republicans in the majority of, of Congress. So this fascinating to see what uh, Beto and uh, Ted had to say on debt and wellness. Um, only one of us has, with good friends in El Paso, started a small business. 
uh, met that payroll every week, balanced the books, made sure that we delivered for our clients. Only one of us has served at the local government level every single year balancing the budget, seeing each other not as Republicans and Democrats, but as council members entrusted with a fiduciary responsibility to deliver for the taxpayers of El Paso. Every single year we did. And for Senator Cruz to say that this isn't going to bust the budget at a time of $21 trillion in debt when we're on track to deficit spend to the tune of a trillion dollars a year, he voted to add $2 trillion. And those tax cuts disproportionately will flow to corporations who are already sitting on record piles of cash and the already wealthy in a country that is riven with income inequality unseen since the last Gilded Age. Oh my gosh. Gilded age talk, baby. Agonizing. <laughs> All right, you're talking about the debt that he that he voted for because of the tax cut. We just had the highest tax in, income tax returns mm-hmm. from the American people in US history after the tax cuts. When you get the tax cuts, you actually it brings in, it brings in more revenue to the federal government and it just did. It was just proven out this year. Record high revenue came in to the federal government because of the tax cuts. Mm. Did Ted bring that up? I don't know. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't he think did. He did. Yeah, he does. Did he bring it up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if that's one of the clips, but I, I, I don't I know think he we did have it. that. But uh, so Beto doesn't know what he's talking about on any of these issues. Um, and it's agonizing to have to listen to him. It's just, it's absolutely incredible. It's, it's amazing that we're hearing someone like a Beto O'Rourke in a Senate debate for the state of, of Texas, Texas. Isn't it? That's the biggest yeah. takeaway for me. You'd expect this in Massachusetts or California, <sighs> but not here in Texas. And he's, he seems to be okay with telling the people of Texas that he's essentially a socialist. And he wants to tax people more good than he's already taxing them good like strange like jeffy says you know this guy keeps talking yeah. please that's yeah, the more that's he our talks, biggest defense here the more he talks the the further ted pulls ahead here's your ten dollar uh, a barrel uh, tax accusation that cruz uh, uh levied so it was against fact checked yeah did o'rourke vote for a ten dollar a barrel tax on every barrel of oil in texas the cruise campaign's been hitting this pretty hard they got billboard advertisements on it in Austin, San Antonio, Houston, Dallas. And these billboards say Beto O'Rourke wants you to pay 24 cents per gallon of gas. <laughs> more. Uh, more. More. Yeah. Uh, this claim goes back to the days of Obama, who proposed a $10 tax on every barrel of oil paid for by energy companies to fund rail and highway projects. Ugh. When House Republicans in 2016, introduced a resolution opposing the proposal. O'Rourke voted against it. O'Rourke has since defended his vote, saying that he wants to find more ways to fund national infrastructure projects. So anyway. So it's, it's I mean, it's true. It was, it was a way to just kind of, you know, look, okay, Obama, you want to propose that? Then we're mm-hmm. going to have a vote that opposes that. Right. And so and he in voted so against do, that. Yeah, I, games. Cruz said that a robust energy sector is good for all of Texas, which is absolutely true. Um, so I guess it's it's somewhat true. Mm-hmm. He didn't vote for the actual bill, uh, but he voted against the bill that would have stopped the bill. <laughs> there you go. 
So that's the way Washington works. So we've gotten a, a um, Renaissance mention mm-hmm. and a Gilded Age mention thus far <laughs> by uh, Beta. Uh, so Ted talked about civility in the United States, um, and here's that part of the debate. What responsibility do you have to bring civility and respect back to the country? Listen, Jason, I think every one of us has a responsibility to bring civility and respect. That's something I've endeavored to do throughout politics is to focus on substance, to focus on issues, to focus on record. And so the personal attacks, the going to the gutter that is so common in politics, I try not to engage in. If you look at my disagreements with Congressman O'Rourke, they haven't been personal attacks. They've been his voting record in Congress that has been markedly out of step with the people of Texas. You are right that there, there is a loss of civility, there is an anger, there is a rage on the far left that, that is really frightening. You know, the images... Of, 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 uh, hold on, let me answer with... Don't interrupt me, Jason. Yeah. The images <laughs> yes. of, of a left-wing mob beating on the doors of the Supreme Court. Right. That's not good for our country. We can disagree while treating each other with respect, while treating each other with civility. I think that's important to do. We can discuss, are tax cuts good or is raising taxes good? That, that, that's a discussion we ought to have, but it shouldn't be personal. It shouldn't go down to the gutter. It should focus on actual substance. And let me tell you, I think the lowest point we have seen is the confirmation hearings for Justice Kavanaugh, where we saw Senate Democrats be willing to smear Judge Kavanaugh and his family, be willing to repeat unsupported, uncorroborated allegations and go after him in a way that, that, that I thought was shameful. It was important <coughs> that that process be fair, that Dr. Ford get a full and fair opportunity to tell her story, that she be treated with respect, and she was. But it was important S- that Senator, he that be treated time. with respect as well, and he was not. Senator- mm-hmm. All right, so then uh, Beto wrapped up his, uh, his closing statement with this. Right now. Walls, Muslim bans, the press as the enemy of the people, taking kids away from their parents after they've survived a horrifying 2,000-mile journey seeking asylum here in this country. The bitterness, the partisanship, the pettiness, the dishonesty that defines so much of the national conversation. We are in desperate need right now of inspiration. But I'll tell you what. Traveling the state of Texas, meeting people regardless of their walk of life, their background, their party affiliation, you have inspired me. You've inspired me to transcend the obstacles, to be the big, courageous, bold, strong match for this moment. On any issue that challenges us, uh, in Texas where nearly half of school teachers work a second job just to make ends meet, making sure that we're there for them, pay them a living wage, and ensure that they can teach to the child, not the test. In this state of immigrants, making sure that we lead the national conversation, free dreamers from any fear of deportation, and the least insured state in the country could take the lead on guaranteed, high-quality, universal health care. And then he had this. Bob, I've been afraid the show's going to be over before they get done. Don't interrupt me, Jason. I'm about to break it up. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that was the hit of the whole debate when he broke out his... Because it's so good. You know, the guitar stylings Wow, Beto O'Rourke. Of all the phrases so, I could have so personally come up with, so good, not one of them.
Uh, also, it's kind of interesting. He's been asked. You know, he's he's raised thirty eight million dollars for this set of campaign. <laughs> thirty eight million. And so, because he's such a socialist, I guess everybody thinks he's going to share. <laughs> yes, he he's going to share with everybody else. And yeah. what about the rest of your Democrat friends who who haven't raised thirty eight yeah. million dollars? Are you going to share some of that money? Yeah. No. No. Was his answer just <laughs> no? So Beto not sharing, not, <laughs> not spreading sharing. the wealth, Mister Socialist. Wow, Mister uh, Compassionate. Mr. I'm all about the downtrodden. You going to share your money? No. Hmm. Okay. Uh, He said, I'm focused on Texas. Most of our contributions have come from Texas. Another (laughs) lie. Another stupid lie. (laughs) All of them have come from people. Huh. So none of them have come from, I don't know, rocks? I know. Or... Cows? Or rivers or trees. So cattle haven't donated any money to your campaign. It's all been from people. Like, corporations aren't people. Thank you. A corporation doesn't have people in it. It, uh, It's so bizarre to me, this people thing. It's come from people. Oh, so none of the animals on this planet have donated to your campaign. That's really incredible. It also goes to show how selfish animals are. Very selfish. I think we should control them. You believe that? Not one dime have they given to Beto O'Rourke. I bet all their money's gone to Ted. animals all right um you know losing weight can be a real struggle and uh it gets tougher the older you get like it it got tough for me at about i don't know two no that's that's jeffy been kind of oh that's right that's (laughs) yours was later (laughs) mine was about two and a half (laughs) about two and a half uh but there is there is some help uh that you can get and it's called riduzone it's r-i-d-u-z-o-n-e what is it? Well, it's a safe, natural, FDA-acknowledged dietary supplement. They took the OEA out of olive oil and created this patented product with it. So OEA is has been shown to boost metabolism and help reduce your appetite. If you've gotten to that age where nothing seems to work in your weight loss world, give this a try. Order Riduzone today. Go to Riduzone.com. Enter the promo code PAT. You'll get 30% off a three-month supply. Riduzone.com for 30, promo code PAT for 30% off a three month supply. Time to make it happen. Time to get over the hump. Riduzone.com. So the other day, somebody from across the country reminded us uh, that Beto O'Rourke had tried to join the Hispanic caucus. Uh oh. Um, now it's actually something I don't I don't know that we'd ever heard, and so we we kind of looked into it, and it well, seems it that yeah. back in uh, 2013 he sort of he did uh, try to join the Hispanic Caucus. Well, I mean that's he's, the he's club. a white he's a white guy. It's a club for Irishmen, right? Um, he's a white guy. It's a Hispanic Caucus, so I hmm. uh, I don't know that they want you in that caucus, and it. In fact, they don't. (laughs) Is the thing. They don't, and they didn't. (laughs) Uh, When El Paso voters elected him to Congress, uh, his supporters said they chose a fresh and progressive voice to champion issues critical to the border community. Uh, But what they lost was a seat on an influential caucus whose members have recently had recently met with Barack Obama and uh, got got together with him on issues like immigration reform, border security, health care, all that. Because he had beaten a Latino 
for for the congressional seat. So he tried to get into the Hispanic caucus oh so that they wouldn't lose their place on the Hispanic caucus. Of course, and his nickname obviously is is popular among Latinos, and that's why so many Latinos think he is, in fact, Latino. Yeah, and he's not. Um, so he tried to get into the Hispanic caucus, and the rules disallowed him from joining the Hispanic caucus. Mm. Um, so he tried, he wanted desperately to replace Sylvester Reyes, who represented <clears throat> a district that, by the way, is 80% Hispanic and uh, whose voting, voting age population is 77.6% Hispanic. So he couldn't get in, and he was asked what he thought about the caucus's rules that disallowed him from getting in. And he said, nah, I respect their bylaws. And he didn't comment any further. But he did, in fact, try to join the Hispanic caucus with his, what, my, I, I'm, but I've got a Hispanic nickname. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not enough. That's, no, that's not enough. Robert Francis, that's not enough. No, but, but my nickname, I've had it since I was five. It's Beto. People call me Beto. Yeah, I, my guess is. They didn't call him Beto when he played his guitar on the El Paso TV station when he was, what, 21. Um, I, so I'm guessing I'm guessing it's more recent than when he was five. But maybe he's had it his whole life. Sure. I don't. I don't know. 888 <clears throat> Also, there's been a series of ads done by Richard Linklater mocking Ted Cruz on various issues like his toughness. Uh, we played that one. Uh, and that ended with, with this catchphrase now that we absolutely love. Come on, Ted. <clears throat> Come on, Ted. And so that's going to be the that's going to be the end line, I think, in all of these uh, commercials. <laughs> uh, apparently, a while ago, Ted had had mentioned that he loves White Castle, which is kind of a California based, I think, right? California based. Uh, uh, fast food joint. It's not here, right? It's I, I haven't seen any here. I don't know if they have White Castle in Texas mm-hmm. at all. They do? Yeah, I th- yeah. I think we do. Wow, one. <clears throat> one? That's what I was one? just told. Yeah. One in a state of 28 million people? So, huh. so Whataburger is, is the big restaurant chain here. And uh, this Beto ad, actually, Beto claims not to have anything to do with this. It's, this is from Richard Linklater. So it's paid for supposedly by uh, others not who are not in the uh, Beto campaign. <clears throat> but here's the latest hitting Ted Cruz on his White Castle love. A triple meat Whataburger liberal? What does that even mean, Ted? I mean, everybody I know in Texas likes Whataburger. Just as a consumer, I'm a big fan of eating White Castle burgers. I like their little burgers. I don't even know what that is. There's not a White Castle within 900 miles of Texas, Ted. Uh, Maybe up in Canada. But not in Texas. Political ad paid for by FTC PAC. Not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. Come on. Ted. As much as I love Ted, that's... That's good stuff, man. Those are good ads. I mean, let's give credit where credit is due. Those are good ads. They're they're funny. They're nicely delivered. Uh, they hit him where he lives. 
And Beto's not part of it, which makes it, uh, I think, more likable, actually. That's a very good point. Beto's nowhere to be seen. Uh, I don't like that guy. Might surprise people. Hmm. I will say, though, that I, I now believe that in the last few weeks, I've seen more Ted Cruz signs than yeah. Beto signs. And we were starting to become a little bit concerned at one point when Beto... O'Rourke just well it doesn't say O'Rourke because nobody he doesn't want anybody to know that he's Irish so it just says Beto for Senate and those were popping up all over the place that's what it'll say on the ballot Beto O'Rourke yep oh by the way uh update on White Castle the nearest White Castle to Texas would be in Columbia Missouri so really that's what the map so we don't even have one I'm not seeing one on this no Uh -uh. huh (laughs) anyway yeah. Uh, I, okay, they're sold. They do sell White Castle burgers in the frozen section of the uh, frozen mm. food section. Of oh, your I local love it! Store. I love warming up meat from the frozen food section. Yes, mm. it's always so fresh and delicious that mm. way. <laughs> uh, that's Ted. interesting, though. That uh, that so Missouri is the closest place. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so there you go. I don't like them anyway. I've I've had White Castle. I, I'm not impressed. See, I grew up in the South. We have Crystal. Mm. No crystal burgers. Crystal burgers. Yeah, love those things. What's oh. the one that ju- that's just up the street from from the studio here? And that was a California based place, but they're all over the place here now. What is that one? In and Out Burger. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, In and Out. But Whataburger is the big deal here. I I don't get the big deal with Whataburger, but t- most Texans do. Texans yeah. do love. That's something that I don't understand either. Yeah, I, don't, I mean it's fine, but it's not yes, like exactly. It's not like Chick Fil A. No, where I will murder someone to get into a Chick Fil A. Yes. but a Whataburger, it's like eh, whatever. It's like, eh. You know, mm. okay. I mean, would I would I go there and think, oh my gosh, this is delicious? No, <laughs> they're just overcooked burgers. Uh, you know, like Burger King or McDonald's or anywhere else until you get to Chick-fil-A and then you've got something yeah. delicious. There to you go, Ted. Sink your teeth into Ted <laughs> or Beto. Because I guess, it, and that's why Beto just did that skateboarding thing at Whataburger because uh-huh. that's to show he's the. I'm the hip Texas guy uh-huh. that loves Whataburger. And See look, now, I now even, you got it. I even skateboarded in their parking lot. In complete coordination with that mm-hmm. ad we saw. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. Do yeah. we still have that skateboard ad? It were, it's not even mm-hmm. an ad. It's just like, oh, look, I'm ad, randomly right. skateboarding because yeah. my name is Beto and that's what I do in the parking lot of my nearest neighborhood Whataburger. There, there he is. Oh, wait, wait for the sound effect. Wait for the sound effect. You went by so fast and made a whooshing sound. So obviously, he's making a big deal out of the fact that, yes, he's cool enough right, to skateboard. share this. Beto O'Rourke is on a skateboard uh-huh. in a Whataburger parking lot. Whataburger. I don't know if it gets... Right. Yeah, it doesn't get any more Beto than that. And that's the point the guy makes. So they make a point out of recording him in a parking lot at Whataburger skateboarding. Hold on. He's cool and he's Texas. And he makes really neat sound effects that show how fast he can go on the skateboard. <laughs> it's great. So bad. Uh, 888-900-3393. Also, speaking of Washington politics, um, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell called the $21 trillion national debt and ballooning budget deficit, quote, very disturbing, unquote. <laughs> uh 
I don't know if you're aware of this, Senator, but um, you've been the Senate Majority Leader now for <laughs> eight years, is it? Details. Uh, you could do something about this, and yet you don't. You just keep making it worse. If it's very disturbing, do something about it. But he blames part bipartisan reluctance to embrace entitlement reform. Uh, U.S. budget deficit expanded $779 billion in the fiscal year, according to the Treasury Department. That's a $113 billion jump from the previous year, and... The worst number since 2012. I wouldn't even worry about that. Um, so here's uh, here's the senator discussing the budget. I have to ask you about the national debt. $21 trillion, mm-hmm. the deficit $779 billion. Some predicting that could reach a trillion in 2019. What's going on with the debt? It's very disturbing, and it's, it's driven by the three big entitlement programs that are very popular, Medicare, Social Security, and Medicaid. That's 70% of what we spend every year. The subject we were just discussing, the funding of the government, is about 30% of what we spend. Uh, there's been a bipartisan reluctance to tackle entitlement changes because of the popularity of those uh, programs. Uh, hopefully, at some point here, uh, we'll get serious about this. We haven't been yet. That's ironic. It's for, first of all, it's amazing that any journalist is even asking about it. Well, yeah, that's when did that become an issue for any journalist? Exactly. And when O'Rourke did, tried to pull the same thing last night in the uh-huh. debate. All of a sudden, they're getting religion on the debt. Oh my gosh! Come on. Uh, where Stuff were it. you during Obama's first years when it was over a trillion dollars? It was one point three trillion one year. One point, maybe even one point four, if I remember correctly. Uh, and that didn't bother anybody. That was fine. Ah, <laughs> that's a good thing. In fact. It was Joe Biden who said, yeah, are you telling me we got to spend money to avoid bankruptcy? Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. <laughs> what? Wait, what? Uh, all right. He had more to say and uh, on the on uh, what's going on in Washington. And it would appear, if you kind of look at the tea leaves, that divided government might actually yield to entitlement reform or at least make it easier. Well, we had that opportunity during the Obama years, and I talked to President Obama about it a number of times. It would have been the perfect time to do it. Think of Reagan and Tip O'Neill coming together in the early 80s to raise the age for Social Security. It took it out of the political arena and made it possible for it to be uh, successful. That's what we had the chance to do during the Obama years because we had divided government for six of his eight years. Uh, unfortunately, it was not achieved. No, unfortunately. Oh, hold on a second. Unfortunately, it's never achieved, no matter what. Did Mitch McConnell just make the argument to give a chamber to the Democrats in November? I don't know. Because he just said, well, yeah. I mean, Reagan and Tip O'Neill came together, but give Republicans every branch and we mm-hmm. can't figure out entitlement reform. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he just mm-hmm. said. And it's true. Oh. It's kind of weird for him to say it, though. And that's when we actually had a, a budget surplus, I'm sorry to say, for a couple of years during Clinton when the Republicans controlled Congress. The more important issue, mm-hmm. he really does look like a turtle. It's true. That's a good he point. Really I think does that's the biggest like takeaway here. He looks like a yeah, like that little cartoon turtle that we see on old reruns, you know? You put a shell on his back, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I think he'd be put in an aquarium somewhere. I really think so. I think you're right. 888-933-93. This portion of Pack Grandly's brought to you by TacPack. What is TacPack? It's a monthly subscription box for gun people. Every month, uh, you get a curated package that contains items like 
uh, AR-15 gear, tactical gear, and EDC gear. The boxes contain useful and professional-grade gear from top-name brands like 511, Tactical, Magpul, uh, CRKT, Nine Line, Strike Industries, Gerber, and, and more. TacPak boxes contain $100 to $150 worth of gun gear for just $49.95 per month. So you're saving a ton of money on your gear. Nice. They have thousands of Second Amendment supporting subscribers, which allows them to bring the best possible value to their loyal community. TacPak operates by the golden rule. It's the thing that sets them apart, actually. There's no contract. And so you can cancel at any time, no strings attached. It's not something you have to sign on to long term. There's no fees. There's no wait. There's no one more charge before you're done BS. There's none of that stuff. You can cancel your, your subscription at any time. Just email info at tacpack.com. Let them know you need to end your subscription and they'll take care of it for you. It's just that easy. Mm. Head over to tacpack.com. That's T A K. P-A-K.com. Use the code BLAZE at checkout to receive a free TACPAC gun cleaning mat. That's TACPAC.com. Do that right now while you're thinking about it. It's an awesome deal. Uh, also, we're still having some of the fallout from the uh, incredible revelation about the DNA of Elizabeth Warren, finding out that she's so very Native American. I mean, well... You know, 164th of her is Native American. 164th to 1,134th or 32nd or something. (laughs) I mean... Roughly. What's interesting is the mainstream media treats that as if, see, she proved it. (laughs) What? She proved nothing. First of all, it didn't prove anything about being Native American. Yeah, It didn't prove that at all. Secondly, the person that they found and they're trying to say is her great-great-great-grandmother identifies as white. And when you identify as something, that should end the discussion, shouldn't it? She identified herself back in the 17 or early 1800s as a white person. Now they're trying to make that out like, well, that's just because Native Americans were discriminated against, so she called herself white. Uh, but I... You know, they they just they always want to have it both ways. So you can identify that as white, but that's still they're still going to pin you as a Native American person, so that they can make out that Elizabeth Warren has some sort of Indian background in her very distant past. So Lindsey Graham, who's been uh, really good lately, <laughs> I, I don't know what's happened to Lindsey Graham. Know, People man. speculate that. Because John McCain is no longer around, uh, he's free to go back to being more conservative. <laughs> back to being. I, I don't know. Well, he was in the beginning. Okay. In the very beginning. 20 years ago, sure. Yes. <laughs> yes. But uh, He's a stick-up for himself now. Here's what, he said. He's, here's what he said about his DNA. 
I'm going to take a DNA test. All of you have. I've been told that my grandmother was part Cherokee Indian. It may all be just talk, but you're going to find out in a couple of weeks because I'm going to take this test. You are going to take it. I'm taking it, and the results are going to be revealed here. This is my Trump moment. This is why reality TV. Take, I just, I'm dying to know. Because <laughs> I'm you dying. Can... You know, I didn't really think much about it, but she's less than one-tenth of one percent. I think I can beat her. I think I can beat her. Right. And if you do beat her, will you ask for a million dollars from the president, too? No, I want a casino and a million bucks. <laughs> That's good stuff, man. Uh, don't you have to be 116th? I think you have to yeah. be 116th yeah. Native American to get, to get a casino. And free college. So you get free college and a, and a casino? No, you don't get a free casino. You still have to build it, right? You uh, to, yeah. You just get you, But you can own one. You can put one on a on Indian land, you know? Yes. So, right. whatever. You can't build it downtown in Dallas, let's say, but you could go to a reservation and uh, have yourself a casino if you're winning. I don't 16. know. You know, you win the uh, the the Mega Millions coming up here. You might be able to build it wherever you're. Holy you cow! Please. What is it's getting close to a billion dollars? Yeah. Now. What are those numbers up to? Uh, uh, I mean, it's up to a record eight hundred sixty-eight million. Oh well, yeah. It's almost to the point where it's worthwhile playing now. When it was five hundred eighty-five million. <laughs> I didn't. That's not even worth bothering. Yep. But uh, eight sixty eight. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to get interested. Are you now? <laughs> but what's yeah. the cash option? I mean, that's the. Uh, it's a lot less than that. Probably just ridiculous. A lot less than that. Hmm. Uh, so they had no winning ticket that's among nice. the numbers in Tuesday night's drawing uh, for what was six hundred sixty seven million, hmm. and at the time that was the biggest Mega Millions. Wow. So the estimated cash value okay. of uh, the jackpot now is 800 Oh, the cash value. Mm-hmm. So if you cash out and you get it all in one lump sum, yeah. $494 million. So almost uh, $500 million. Not interested. That is, that's like the petty <laughs> cash sucks. drawer, man. Right. Whatever. Right. And you know, Powerball's pretty high right now, too. What's that 345. one? $345. Three or forty-five million. What's the cash, cash value option of, of just two hundred million? All right, see. I mean, it's not That's even worth bo- it. It's dumb. It's not even worth. Pointless. Trying. Not nope. even. Not even worth it. <clears throat> All right, triple eight nine hundred thirty-three ninety-three. More pack gray at least coming up. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three, and it Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Some grisly details uh, coming out from the Turks on Saudi journalist Jamal Khashoggi. What they did to him, I don't think we'll go through the details, but uh, he had seven minutes of pure hell. It wasn't pretty. Uh, they used a <clears throat> bone saw on him while he was alive. <clears throat> Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not, not good. Hey, good morning, everyone. <clears throat> good morning. Yeah. Hey, all right. How are the kids this morning? I'll wake you up if, you know, if you have a bone saw taken to you in the morning. That's, that'll, uh, that will get the cobwebs right out of your he- uh, eyes. So he, um, uh, apparently there were people who uh, were there at the time <clears throat> and were downstairs at the consulate. And listened to this, and apparently uh, took note of what was happening there. And then, and then they tried to deny it. And now some are trying to blame the Turks 
um, who are trying to uh, frame the Saudis. Seems seems a little unlikely that it was the Turks trying to frame the Saudis. Would they, of all the places <clears throat> to try to, they're going to break into the Saudi <clears throat> consulate and do this? Yeah, that Come doesn't that doesn't seem. Tell you what we'll do. Likely. Come on. Uh, so, the president has been. Uh, some of the things he has said about this don't really add up that well either. Uh, like. They've got no proof on this, and they're doing the same thing to him that they did to uh, uh, Kavanaugh, which is silly. Um, there seems to be a little more evidence that the Saudis did this than that Kavanaugh did anything. Uh, President Trump had quite a day yesterday. <laughs> he called he called Stormy Daniels horse face in a tweet. Okay, that's helpful. Which is not helpful and not advisable. And, you know, he won that whole thing. Just, But he can't just leave it alone. You, you won. He has right? to get the last freaking word. Yeah. He cannot yep. And make it worse. Resist. And, and, you know, add some sort of exclamation point there. And it uh, it's not helpful. But, you know, it's very Trump-esque. It, it, it's what he likes to do. And, and so I, I don't know that anybody can tell him not to do it. If they, if they can, he doesn't listen to them, and maybe they don't even dare say anything to him. But uh, as far as what he's doing with his policies, he's helped bring the United States back to the number one most competitive nation in the world. For the first time, we're the number one most competitive nation economically in the world again. First time since 2008. Whoa, whoa, Is that amazing? whoa. Wait, what happened in 2008? Uh, let's see. The uh, the economy went to hell in a handbasket, and the Great Recession kicked into gear. And a Marxist was elected president. Yeah, and a Marxist, yes, for the uh-huh. next eight years. Yep. Wow! Congrats to us for yeah. yes. being competitive again. So it's the United States followed by Singapore, which I think they've been number one for a long time. Germany, Switzerland, and Japan. All five countries' scores rose from 2017, with the U.S. notching the second biggest gain after Japan. Hmm. Yeah, we haven't had the top spot since the financial crisis kicked in. Or since we elected a Marxist. Yeah. But, of course, as they want to do, uh, because this uh, this comes from the World Economic Forum, they also threw in some criticism of the United States because of our social policies. We're the only industrialized world... Uh, only industrialized country in the world not to have free health care for don't everybody. We just don't care about Come our on. people. We just don't care about people. And so that knocks our score down a little bit. I mean, socially speaking, the United States is completely backward because we don't, we don't even have social yeah. services for everybody. We, we hate our people. We hate them. We, we hate people. We're people, people who hate people. <laughs> and that doesn't make us the luckiest people in the world. Uh, quite the opposite. So we got we had to get slapped on one hand uh, while they complimented us on the other. Because um, you can't just say the United States is the most competitive nation on earth and leave it at that. You got to take some shots at them. I mean, it's it is of course the World Economic Forum. <laughs> They're not just going to leave it at that. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Speaking of the Saudis, on somewhat of a happier note, in fact, quite a bit happier note. They think a Saudi prince was the mystery buyer 
of a Leonardo da Vinci painting that went for $450 million. I think we have a picture of this. Um, This is a photo or a painting that uh, Leonardo da Vinci did of Jesus. And there it is there. You see it in the frame. And he's... Uh, you can't you can't see it from this shot, but he's holding a a transparent world in one hand, like a crystal ball or what? Yeah, kind of a crystal ball kind of thing, huh. and then just holding up his two fingers uh, with his other hand, and then you see his long flowing curly hair at the end. I just, oh yeah, I didn't realize that Jesus had a curling iron, um, but apparently he did because oh, yeah, yeah. he curled his hair quite nicely. There. Well, that's not in the Bible; it's in the Apocrypha. But yeah, it's mentioned Is that where somewhere. You find that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Curling iron among the 12. That's an interesting painting uh, of Jesus. Um, but it went for $450 million. Oh, that's what I'm blowing my lottery winnings on. That right there. <laughs> yeah. That right, right. there. Yes. Oh, yes. So you'll buy it from the Saudi prince who purchased it? And by the way, what is a Saudi prince? The Muslim. Well, I guess it would be a profit to him, right? Jesus would be. He could have a, a painting of the prophet Jesus ah, in his mind. I don't. That's a lot of cash to be dropping yeah, for a is. painting of a prophet. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm sorry. Yeah, and the name of it is Savior of the World, and so uh, it's interesting. If oh, if, so that is a world. Prince, then that's not a crystal ball uh, yeah, after it's a, all. It's a world. Yeah, I thought Jesus is. was fortune telling. I didn't know no. what was going on in that painting. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Right. <clears throat> all right. Plus, there's another auction going on. Now, this I'm bidding on. This is great. This I'm blowing my lottery. If I had five hundred thousand dollars, oh, to you spare. could do both. Yeah, you could. Right. You win mega millions. You could have Jesus with the curly hair and crystal ball painting. Yes, and and, and the moon rock. Oh yeah, twelve pound chunk of moon rock. Now they say that most of these are the size of pebbles or maybe as big as a golf ball, but these. Uh, one of these sections of this rock because it's kind of broken into six different sections. Uh, but one of the sections is six pounds by itself, and altogether it's 12 pounds. And it's being auctioned off right now. They call it the moon puzzle. The heaviest piece, six pounds, and it can be yours at auction this weekend for just $500,000. Now, how do they know that this came from the moon? That's what I want to know. And it doesn't say anywhere that the, how they figure this out now wait didn't we recently have a story that somebody i don't know was it one of the first missions up to the moon um Mm -hmm. one of the astronauts brought back some moon rocks and it ended up with like a friend's daughter right that it held on to it all Uh, these years sound familiar yeah and maybe they're just like you know what it was a doorstop no 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 that no the doorstop was the uh that was the meteorite in michigan okay at the farm Mm mm-hmm Martin. Uh, but this this is a 12-pound chunk of the moon that was actually, uh, that was blasted off of the moon. This wasn't brought back by astronauts. Oh. This, oh. this came to Earth thousands of years ago because something smashed into the moon and dislodged these pieces and they f- flew to the Earth. <laughs> they just got dislodged and then shot to the earth and then it came through our atmosphere and that's why the exterior of these rocks is completely toasted 
So maybe oh. that's why they know they came from the moon. That's I, cool. I don't know. Yeah, it is kind of cool. Oh, man. It's really cool, in fact. That's why it's $500,000, because who wouldn't want to have this? So it's fi- so so. let me just say here. And it's, the online bidding mm-hmm. uh, runs through to actually tomorrow. Tomorrow? So the online bidding runs through Thursday. So in other words, you win the Mega Millions thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, that's not till Friday. Oh. you got to win Powerball tonight. Well, you, you spend it knowing that you're going to win it on Friday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Know? Yeah, so, so mm-hmm. just go ahead and, and put it on the credit card. Yeah. The Moonrock purchase. Because you're going to win the lottery anyway, uh-huh. so yep. it won't matter. You just pay it off in a month. This would be like a $5 purchase for you if you win the lottery. And think of the cashback rewards you're going to get on a half a million dollar purchase of a moon rock. It's pretty cool, though. I would love to have that. Mm-hmm. I would, too. That's awesome. And you get it in six pieces? You could give them as gifts. <laughs> right? No. No? I'm not giving anybody a gift of uh, a moon rock. No. Uh-uh. Mm. Maybe once I'm dead, I'll leave it to my kids, but uh, not until then. Okay. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also, speaking of the moon, did you, are you aware that moons can have moons? Now, ours doesn't. That's boring. We have a boring moon. But uh, stars are orbited by planets, of course, which are orbited by moons. But what comes next? More moons, according to uh, a new analysis. Uh, the moon can have a moon, and they're called moon moons. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> You're making that up. Uh-uh. Nope, that's... That's uh, that's what they've decided. So moons of moons are called moon moons? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. What's your source for that? Uh, Juna Colmeyer at Carnegie Observatories in Pasadena, California, and Sean Raymond of the University of Bordeaux, France, calculated whether a moon orbiting a planet could have a moon of its own. A moon of a moon has no formal name, perhaps because they've never spotted one, but both submoon and moon moon have been suge- su- suggested. So submoon... Submoon would be better than Moon Moon. These are the same people that took away Pluto's standing as a planet. I don't <laughs> care what they say about Moon Moons. I see, and I don't care what they say about uh, Pluto. Oh, to it's me, a that's, planet. It's a planet. It's never changed. It's always a planet. It's mm-hmm. a, it remains a planet in my heart. I, that's I will, touching. Yeah, it's it's still a planet. Moon Moon. You can't just demote a planet like that. No, you can't just willy nilly decide. Okay, after all of these years. You're not a planet anymore. And the thing that sucks is not only the fact they took away the planetary status of Pluto, but then then they added insult to injury, mm-hmm. and they said, and now you're known as Plutoid. Shut up. Plutoid? That's what they call it now. Plutoid. That's, wow. the, that's the actual name of it. Mm-hmm. Stupid. <laughs> Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna prove it to you. I, I don't think I've ever heard it referred uh, to as Plutoid. I've never that. heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, Plutoid is an ice dwarf or ice dwarf. Oh my gosh! Oh, so you get to choose. You want to be Plutoid or ice dwarf? Trans-Neptunian dwarf planet, a body orbiting beyond Neptune that is massive enough to be rounded in shape. Plutoid. That's what it's called now. That's not Plu- They're not talking about Pluto. They've changed it to a Plutoid then. Uh, It's called, it goes by Plutoid now. Trust me on this. uh, I don't because you're wrong on that. If it's a planet beyond, if it's a small planet, like a dwarf planet beyond Mm -hmm. beyond Neptune, that's not talking about Pluto, right? Okay, here we go. Here we go. 
Just because that's what Rob whispered in your ear. Mm -hmm. The International Astronomical, this is from 2008, Astronomical Union has decided on the term Plutoid as a name for dwarf planets like Pluto. Like Pluto. Like, right. Okay, well, they they named it, they named all these other ones because they demoted Pluto. You're wrong. Just admit it. Also, uh, Jeff Bezos has predicted that we will have one trillion human beings in the solar system, scattered throughout the solar system one day. (laughs) And he laid out how the rocket company he owns plans to help humanity get there. He said, I won't be alive to see the fulfillment of that long-term mission. You think? We're starting to bump up against the absolute true fact that Earth is finite. Uh, so his company, Blue Origin's aim is to lower the cost of access to space. And he's going to spend a little more than a billion dollars next year to support Blue Origin. The dynamism that I've seen over the last 20 years in the Internet where incredible things <clears throat> have happened in really short periods of time. We need thousands of companies. We need the same dynamism in space that we've seen online over the last 20 years. And we can do that. <clears throat> I'd like to see that happen, too. But there's no way that a trillion people are going to live off of this planet. <laughs> I don't know. No I live way. here. Uh, ask me. <laughs> no. Uh, not. It's not going to happen. And what? You're going to colonize Mars or the moon or whatever, and people are actually going to live there full time? No. I just don't believe that. A trillion people? Spread throughout the solar system. One trillion. But what's the timetable on that? Not well, tomorrow. He doesn't, he doesn't give one, but he says he won't be alive when it happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I don't know, 100 years, 200 years? I, I still don't see that happening. One trillion people living on colonies other than Earth? No way. I just don't, I don't think so. How many people live on Earth right now? Seven billion. Yeah, see. Yeah, that's this a is... long way to go. Mm-hmm. A long way to go. 888 but if you're looking for real estate on this planet, um, <laughs> and especially in this country, we can definitely help you. With real estate agents I trust, uh, Glenn started this company with uh, Tanya, and because they did this because they had a really bad experience with a realtor who I'm sure tried hard but and was uh, a nice person, just couldn't sell their house, though, which is sort of the important part of realty, actually. And so they lost a lot of money on it, and it took a lot of time, a couple of years, and so they did some research, and they started to find out what makes a really good realtor. And they they came up with um, with the fact that you need to be full time. You have to you have to really be committed to your job. You can't have just your wife's nephew who dabbles in it from time to time, and eh, they'll sell your house. Great real estate agents know what they have to do. They have to know about curb appeal. The landscaping, what does that need to look like? The trim of your house, uh, what kind of paint, what color of the paint is in style right now? Because first impressions are really important when you're selling a house. They have to know about professionally staging your house and the pictures that go up on the internet have to be appealing enough to get people to come to your home in person. They have to know when to list and for how much. All of these things you'll find with Real Estate Agents I Trust. We've got over 1,200 of the top agents in America working to earn your trust. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com. (laughs) 
more good news if uh, Democrats win the House. Ooh, what do we have? Coming up. Uh, they want to do a, an Internet Bill of Rights uh, if they win back uh, the majority. This will be great. Uh, so Google, Facebook, and other online companies could expect greater scrutiny and possibly maybe some legislation from a Democratic-led Congress. Uh, Representative Ro Khanna, whose California district is home to companies like Apple and Intel, said that episodes like the leak of Facebook users' data to Cambridge Analytica and last year's breach of consumer information by Equifax had amounted to a wake-up call that rules are needed. We, we need some rules now. We can't just have a free internet. Uh, that can't happen anymore. Okay. And then we're go- obviously you're going to need to tax these companies. You're going to have to pay an, an internet tax for the first time in this last year or two. We're having to question a sense of tech utopianism and realize that tech tech is amoral. That it can be used for extraordinary means, but it can also be exploited. Kana said, "Social media and internet companies have drawn the scrutiny in the U.S. and the U- European Union." over the way they handle users' data as well as their role in the spread of disinformation to influence the 2016 U.S. presidential election. I like what Facebook is doing this election cycle. They're going to weed out misinformation. Thank you. That's what I like because I trust Facebook to decide what is misinformation and what isn't. Don't Don't don't, you? Don't have me figure this stuff out on my own. Right. I don't. I can't. No. I'm too stupid. I need really smart people like the people at Facebook to figure out what is misinformation and what isn't. You said it. And I I have total confidence that they won't uh, just view differing opinions from theirs as misinformation. They'd never do that. And you know what? They'd never do that. When Facebook fails to um, spoon feed me, Mm -hmm. then maybe this the government plan can. Right. With the Internet Bill of Rights. That's what I'm hoping, yeah. So yeah, dumb. so Kana drafted a 10-point program he calls an Internet Bill of Rights. He said he's hopeful of action in the first 100 days of the next Congress. <laughs> I do think they can do some simple things right away, such as establishing the right to be notified if your data is breached within a reasonable time period. Mm-hmm. Now, that wouldn't be bad. Okay, if you if they have to notify us that there's been a breach, I think that makes sense. Um, But... They're also trying to figure out whether or not Amazon, Facebook, Google, uh, and others are new monopolies okay. oh, here that we, they need okay. to break up. And we're going to have this on uh, Stasio Cortez's desk to sign mm-hmm. immediately, right? <laughs> yes, okay. right after she's inaugurated. Because uh-huh. <laughs> obviously she thinks she's going to be inaugurated and she thinks she's going to be able to sign bills into law. Because she said day one she was doing that. Yeah, Day one after her this. inauguration... She was going to start signing bills. Don't mess with her. She's got an agenda here. <laughs> so, um, also oh. on the short list of things that they're, they're going to do if they get back the house. Okay, here we go. All right, cool. Consumers being able to learn who has access to their data should be easy for you to figure out what Facebook knows about you and who they share that information with. So far, I'm not not mm-hmm. against that. Okay. I'm so worried about the monopoly thing. Well, Democrat? So what happened in this? <laughs> I'm feeling you get I'm a little not going to go there. quite that far. Uh-huh. Um, but he also said, what I think is critical is that Congress takes action. It's not fair in some sense to blame 30-something entrepreneurs 
for the failure to protect privacy when Congress has been derelict. The real culprit is the United States Congress, which hasn't passed those laws. Mm. Okay. There's going to be an appetite among Democrats to do something, he said. And there, therein lies the problem. They always want to do something. They just don't care if it's the right thing. But we're going to do something. Do something. Silicon Valley recognizes the need for this uh, legislation, he said. Public trust is their largest asset, so the thoughtful leaders there understand that public trust shouldn't be squandered and that they need to answer and reflect about the abuses of these platforms. Okay. Tell you what, let's balance the freaking budget. (laughs) Then we can worry about doing something to the internet. They're never going to do that because balancing the budget will cost them programs that they love and that they control. And so they're never going to do that. What they're going to do instead is are things like this. Hey, let's uh, let's talk about how evil Facebook and Google are and how we need to break up those companies because they're monopolies. Remember when they tried to do that to Microsoft? How'd that work out? Yeah, that's what happens when you stop donating to a particular party, Microsoft. <laughs> As you learned in the late 90s. <laughs> As they learned. Um, yeah. So that's great. No, this is... That's good. This right? is going to work out it's so work out really well. beautifully. Really well. More government control. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. There was a near collision of airliners in San Francisco last year. Just a few feet from becoming the worst crash in aviation history. Oh, yeah. This is... Oof. Do we have the video of that? Yeah, so it's a runway. Um, All the planes are lined up on the tarmac in San Francisco. A Canadian Airlines uh, plane there. There came a 759, confirmed, clear to land, runway 2A right. There is no one on 2A right but you. All those are airplanes lined up there, and it's within 60 feet. Uh, United 1, Air Canada flew directly over us. Block, uh, 59 or 1, Air Canada flew directly over us. Uh-huh. Yeah, I saw that guy. Holy cow. So, so, it, so he almost landed on the wrong runway, right? And would have just landed on a series of planes. Uh, there were like three or four of them lined that, up. I think it was like a thousand people would have been oh my. affected. Uh, that would have been bad. 60 feet from the ground, they said. Jeez. Well, how tall is an airplane? I think, I think it would have been even closer to the airplanes. I think it was 60 feet from the ground. Yeah. I don't know. It was just a few feet from each of the planes. Unbelievable. Wow. That's, uh, and we're just hearing about this now. Yeah, well, yeah, they released the tape. They closed up the investigation stuff. But yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Air Canada. Those Cana- Canadians, man. We got more uh, yeah. plane-related stuff we got to get to that's equally fascinating. This <laughs> will make you want to fly really soon. It really will. <laughs> Here we go. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. More Packer Unleashed coming up. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. And a Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Uh, Steve Madursky tweets: Pluto will get in the Planetary Hall of Fame before Foreigner gets in the Rock Hall of Fame. Oh, the Foreigner Fund uh-huh. followed you to mornings, Pat. Sure How does that make you feel? Uh, really sad. Really sad. Mm. Charles Unmitigated Gall says, look up Moon Moon in, in Urban Dictionary. Uh, could describe Jeffy. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. So I looked it up. 
There's a lot of definitions here. There's internet meme. I don't know number two. Blah, blah. I I think your audience was probably referring to because uh, a lot of people are saying this. Uh, definition number three: Moon Moon is used to describe someone that is utterly stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what they mean. Hey, that's what they're going. That's with? the one we're going okay. for right there. <laughs> <laughs> so it actually is a uh, an urban. I term? guess it's a thing. Moon Moon. I've dictionary. never heard of that. Yeah, I've never heard of it. So. <laughs> So it's uh, okay. It's not just a uh, a space term. I guess not. <laughs> uh, for Michael, Pluto still identifies as a planet. Sure should. Yeah, it should. Good. And it does. And I thought what people identified or what things identified as. Yeah, we have to go with. Uh, we, yes. Got to respect them. Piltano Pasio tweets, uh, Beto is Napoleon Dynamite pretending to be Pedro. <laughs> yes. yes. Very good. Yes. Like that a lot. Uh, and from Saves 84. Um, oh, this one's got a gigantic visual here. picture of that fat lump, <laughs> Michael Moore. Okay. And it says, one 1,024th of Jeffy's weight. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that is heavy. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> Poor Jeffy. He just, uh, it just never stopped. Don't. It never, it never stops. Don't put poor in front of Jeffy. No, no. Uh-uh. He deserves everything he gets. <laughs> moon, moon. And he loves it. He yeah. loves it. He does. He actually loves it. He thrives. He thrives on the attention. He does. Sure does. So. Uh, Most moon moons do. Yeah, that's right. All right. 888 Daryl in Connecticut. Hi, you're on the blaze. Hey, good morning, Pat. Good morning. Yeah, uh. Before I get to what I called about uh, another band that hasn't has never been considered for the uh, Hall of Fame is uh, Duran Duran. Oh they yeah, sold 100 million records. Yeah, so uh, I feel your pain. <laughs> Very deserving. Are you a big Duran Duran fan? Yeah, I am. I yeah. am. I like them too. They're uh, they definitely belong. Um, yeah, I was calling about <clears throat> the um, da-, da Vinci painting. Yeah, and um, you probably know that uh, Muhammad's never been uh, uh, portrayed or pictured uh, in Islam. Right. Well, uh, as far as I know, I don't think things have changed. Um, but uh, I believe that's the case with anything that uh, is considered living. Uh, in Islam, it's forbidden to depict it, uh, you know, as a painting or an art or whatever. Mm. And... Um, I think uh, because uh, a lot of the members of the Saudi royal family seem to be not uh, practicing uh, believers, that I believe I read somewhere that uh, this was actually bought for a private Saudi uh, museum. Really? And uh, so I just want to let you guys know that uh, that's probably the reason why. Okay. I appreciate that. Thanks, Daryl. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's kind of interesting because uh, a four hundred and fifty million highest price ever paid for a painting, and for a Saudi prince to buy a painting of Jesus, it just seems interesting, uh, unusual. Certainly, I wonder if it's the same Saudi prince that had the Saudi journalist murdered at mm. the Turkish consulate. I, I, I don't, I don't know that though. I don't know that for a fact. Yep. Uh, I I look, I'm not I don't want to go off on a tangent here, which I'm so adapted doing here, but mm-hmm. uh 
There's some connection with letting that uh, pastor go in Turkey at the same time that this was happening. I don't know if, if, if we agreed to really look into this and investigate it and hold Saudi Arabia's feet to the fire on this uh, for Turkey. Um, if they let him go, I, I don't know. I just, there's some weird coincidence there, I think. Yeah, well, there's always something going on. And there's always something going on we don't know about. And I think when we, you know, at some point in the future, um, maybe on the other side of this life, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to find out some amazing things <laughs> that were going on that we had no idea. Uh, we have no idea how deep all this stuff goes, I'm sure. Uh, let's go to Tony in Texas. Hey, Tony, you're on the blaze. Hey, Pat. Uh, welcome to the morning. Uh, don't you usually add oid to anything that's annoying? So like, that would put mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that would put plutoid in the same category as hemorrhoid and jeffyoid. <laughs> Love the morning show, Pat. Right, thanks. Good later. thanks, Tony. Bye. That's a good observation, Tony. Really good observation. Huh. Yeah, yeah. I got to start referring to him as jeffyoid now. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> see, it just never ends. It just never ends for him. And he's listening right now, and he loves it. No, he loves it. He loves he it. He does. He does. Mm-hmm. He absolutely now loves look. it. Now, look. First of all, <laughs> first of all, 888 We're telling you about the uh, the near uh, accident, maybe the worst aviation accident in history that was narrowly avoided when that Canadian uh-huh. airplane happened to pull up, and there was a whole line of airplanes that it Almost ran into, but fortunately didn't. Um, also, a Belgian Air Force mechanic servicing a warplane at a base in the south of uh, Belgium accidentally opened fire and destroyed another F-16 jet fighter on the tarmac. Uh, in the airbase incident, a second multi-million dollar U.S. built warplane what? was damaged and two mechanics were treated for hearing loss caused by the blast, uh, the Belgian arm, Armed Forces said in a statement. So the the mechanic <laughs> what? accidentally opened fire? Was he just hanging out in the cockpit, just pretending he's playing up there, and all of a sudden he starts opening fire on the whole base? Yeah, I was just doing a little dusting in the cockpit, and I guess uh-huh. I hit the wrong button. Ah, dang it, I hate when that happens. Wow. I hate that. Wow. Jeez. Uh, uh, more uh, news about planes. The Air Force lost several advanced F-22 stealth fighters that were damaged or destroyed during the hurricane that leveled Tyndale Air Force Base in Florida last week. You don't even think of military bases in the middle of these things and what could happen there. Air Force sources said 17 F-22s. One of the military's most advanced stealth fighter jets were unable to fly away to avoid the Category 4 storm, and they were damaged in their hangars at the base. Uh, and the, I guess those hangars are just not built to withstand major hurricanes. If you have a base in Florida mm-hmm. and you have a hangar for planes, why would you make it strong enough to withstand a hurricane? But that is, <laughs> There's no way a hurricane's going to hit Florida. You're completely safe. Why would you make it hurricane-proof? Why? You, you wouldn't. This and so they didn't. Government. So stupid. Finds new ways. <laughs> I mean, if you're in Iowa, you don't have to make it hurricane-proof. Maybe tornado-proof. I don't know. But 
you don't if you're in Florida, there's a good chance you're going to get a hurricane and here sometime. These are the jets that are on the front line of right. fighting China. The good thing is they only cost hundreds of millions of dollars each though. That's the good thing. So don't even worry about it. It's not that big a well, deal. Well, maybe Beto get his $10 a barrel of uh tax added there and we can uh, you know, Pay for a, I don't know, a, a hangar that can withstand. Or maybe maybe we put the fighter jets that are going to be involved in a war against China inland. Good grief. I, crazy. It's crazy. I'm sick. Um, <clears throat> most of the stay-behind aircraft, including <clears throat> F-22s, QF-16 target drones, and MU-2 aircraft trainers, sustained some damage. And several were destroyed when Hurricane Michael came ashore. Wow. few of the F-22s were undamaged. <clears throat> Despite having five days to assess the damage, the Air Force wouldn't say how many of its frontline fighters were damaged. Oh, Not only did they have <clears throat> five days to assess the damage, how many days in advance did we know the hurricane was coming ashore? Two at least. Two or three. I know this was a fast-developing hurricane, but... I don't know, if the hangars aren't strong enough to withstand the hurricane, maybe you move the plane somewhere else. But how do you move a plane? It's not like you can just fly it somewhere. No, that's the whole point of oh, a plane. Oh, you could probably, yeah, maybe you could. could have done that. Yeah, you really yeah. could. Okay. So, so there's that. I don't know why they didn't. I swear. I mean, please. Uh, 18? You got, you, got, you got Jeffy, who is commanding, apparently, oh, the that's what it, Air Force Base. Moon, moon. Uh, okay, so Defense Secretary Jim Mattis said that the airbase took significant damage. Mm-hmm. Many of the aircraft were able to fly out, but others that were there took damage. In some, how weird is that? So they weren't all able to fly out. Why? They didn't have enough gas or something, you know. They Many didn't... aircraft were able to fly out, but others that were there took damage in some cases. Uh, part of that sentence just doesn't make sense. Like, why weren't they all able to fly out? And why were they still there to take damage? An initial review by the Air Force indicates that it looks like all the planes are fixable. Oh. But we'll know after we get them out of the hangars that are damaged and get more work done. Yeah. Well, at least a mechanic wasn't on duty shooting up the joint. At a total of 55 F-22s based there. 55, most were flown to safer locations before the storm. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't, do we not have 55 pilots? <laughs> we not have, uh, I, I say if we don't have enough pilots to get the planes out of there, maybe we should train more pilots. Uh, I'm just thinking. Or in a U-Haul or something. You might want to have at least as many pilots as you have planes. <laughs> I don't know. I, Again. Maybe that's crazy. Jeffy was running the base. Yeah. We do have the pictures uh, from Belgium of what happened when that mechanic opened fire. Oh, I want uh, to see that. Look at this. Look at that. Oh, that's really. That he destroyed. Like- how? And I'm looking for a story with more details. I was, like, was he just screw- screwing around in the cockpit? I don't see details. <laughs> He was dusting. He was dusting the cockpit, and he dusted a little too hard on one of the buttons. Look at that. Oops. So the Blaze TV, if you want to check it out later, just sad. There's a nice Jets, and they're gone because some guy was dusting, I guess. Jeez. Wow. Uh, The thing is, though, um, 
The jets only cost about 150 million each, so oh. don't even. Yeah, we'll I make mean, more. It's not not a big you deal. Know? We'll make more. We'll yeah. make more for Belgium. We'll mm-hmm. make more for us. Yeah, they lost the one in Belgium. We lost a bunch of them in uh, Florida. Ah, 150 million. Hmm. Now the cost uh, of the F-22, however, um, could be as high as 330 million. Hmm. But again, that's not like 330 billion. Yeah, put it on our tab. So you know, we're just. <laughs> We're just running it up anyway. Damage all you want, we'll make more. Mm-hmm. That's all. It's like Lay's potato chips. Well, I could go for some Lay's potato chips. I didn't realize how hungry I was going to be at this time of day. Yes, yeah, ha- it happens. Uh, speaking of the hurricane, uh, it's being called one of the most powerful hurricanes to hit the United States. And of course, um, many of the cities along the Florida panhandle have been completely wiped out. Due to this devastation of the of Hurricane Michael, residents are starting to return now to their towns, only to find that they've been completely ripped apart by the winds and the storm surge, and they've got nothing left. So, if you'd like to help out, go to mercuryone.org/slash/hurricane-relief18, or you could just go to mercuryone.org and just click on the hurricane link and and give or volunteer if you can help out it's gonna i mean they're gonna need help for a long time in florida just as they do in houston uh houston last year was left in an absolute mess and that cleanup continues and this cleanup in florida is going to continue for a long time so if you can help either through a uh, donation of cash or your volunteerism go to mercuryone.org and uh See what you can do. 888 uh, Trevor Noah is somebody that we've rarely discussed because he sucks. sucks. He's really, really bad. Um, I thought John Stewart wasn't funny. And then along came Trevor Noah. <laughs> and we've realized a whole new level of not funny. But uh, this is kind of interesting because he's talking about Hillary Clinton. And Hillary's defense of her husband and his affairs and uh all of his you know sexual aggression and assaults on women and how uh she says her husband's uh missteps her husband's crimes are completely different than uh Kavanaugh well yeah they're much worse and there's a lot more evidence that he did what he did yeah, so from that standpoint, yeah, you're right. But Trevor Noah actually took on Hillary for deflecting all the attention from her husband's affair. Uh, here's what he had to say. In retrospect, do you think Bill should have resigned in the wake of the Monica Lewinsky scandal? Absolutely not. It wasn't an abuse of power? No. 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 There are people who look no. at no. the incidents of the 90s and they say a president of the United States cannot have a consensual relationship with an intern. The power imbalance is too great. was an adult. But let me ask you this. Where's the investigation of the current incumbent? No, Hillary. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry, man. Look, here's the thing. That's not cool. Maybe it was different in the 90s. But today, I think we're all understanding that there's a massive power imbalance between an intern and the president of the United States, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, forget intern. A president with anyone is a power imbalance. Like if President Obama texted me, uh, hey Trevor, you up? Uh, I'd have to let him smash. Yeah. 
And then he'd be like, actually, I just want to know if you're watching the game. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, I knew that. I knew that. Of course I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what's also not cool is Hillary trying to deflect and make this about Trump. Like, you're not in a position to be throwing stones at someone, Hillary, especially when you're literally sitting in a glass house. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. Uh, a pretty good criticism of Hillary Clinton. I'm kind of tired of the power balance thing and the power it's either the power dynamic or the power balance i mean if you're an adult an adult human being you do have the capability to say no to the president of the united states you could it's possible you could say no to anybody um but the you know democrats act as though you you can't if somebody has power you just can't say no to that person. When did that become a thing? When when did that happen? I, I'm, has it always been the case that if there's power involved on behalf of one of the persons involved, you just can't say no to that person? It's whatever the expedient argument of the day is for the left. That's it's exactly what it is. That explains whatever dynamic <laughs> is at play. Yeah, but she, I mean, you know, she has nowhere to... She has nothing to talk about here. And she should... It's amazing that she has the the unmitigated gall to talk about anybody's sexual abuse when she has the history she does of destroying all the people who accused her husband. Amazing. Yeah, and it's not just putting her in a position to have to defend Bill. <clears throat> it's that she was an active participant in destroying yeah. oh, these yeah, women's lives. Yes, Ugh. absolutely. 888 This half hour of Pat Grand Leashed brought to you by Home Title Lock. Uh, hopefully you caught Glenn's program about home title fraud, uh, where the FBI agent from Home Title Lock showed how easy it was to steal the title to Glenn's home. Uh, home title fraud is exploding. My home title, yours too, all online now. Any thief can download your home's title. They can forge your name off of it and transfer it and <clears throat> they've showed us how easy that is it the people at uh, home title lock did mine in 15 minutes took them 15 minutes to transfer my title uh to theirs and just forge my name and they owned the they would have essentially owned the home so then they take out massive loans using your equity and they stick you with the payment and you don't know anything about any of this until the bank notices come in that you haven't paid any of the payments on your home mortgage uh, loan that you took out. So if you own a home, if you own re- rentals, or if you have elderly parents, get Home Title Lock for just pennies a day. Home Title Lock puts a virtual barrier around your home's title. And the second they detect any sinister activity, they're on to shut it down. Your home's title could already be compromised. You can find out by signing up at HomeTitleLock.com for your free title (coughs) scan and report. That's a $100 value that they'll throw in for free. So visit HomeTitleLock.com, HomeTitleLock.com, and get that peace of mind for yourself. Um, Also, a blacklist of 21 countries whose so-called golden passport schemes threaten international er efforts to combat tax evasion. It's been published by the West's leading economic think tank. Three European countries, Malta, Monaco, 
and Cyprus are among those nations flagged as operating high-risk schemes that sell either residency or citizenship. High risk. (laughs) In a report released on Tuesday by the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. Okay. Also on the blacklist are a handful of Caribbean nations that pioneered the modern-day methods for the marketing of citizenship. So you can buy citizenship from these countries uh, pretty easily. Antigua, Barbuda, the Bahamas, Dominica, Grenada. Put your money there. St. Lucia, St. Kitts, and Nevis. They've uh, they've sold 16,000 passports since uh, relaunching their programs in 2006. So you can become <clears throat> like a citizen of uh, of Grenada mm-hmm. for a price, and they'll just they'll just sell sell you a passport. Just put your money down there, you know, just because you want to put it somewhere. Just <laughs> just put it in the other country. Just it's ironic that they, they have nice tax laws down there. You just got to put it in the other country that you're a citizen of. I didn't know anything about their. I nice had no tax idea. Laws. I just wanted to be able to have spending money when I go and visit my other. I didn't know that country. What do I know about their tax Jeez, laws? Assume me. Well, I actually just, don't. I just please. wanted to become a citizen mm-hmm. of that nice country. Do you know how nice it is in Grenada? It's really nice. I mean, we saved them for a reason, right? We yeah. saved them from... Well, Jeffy saved them. Well, Jeffy, yeah. Ish. He doesn't like to think about it, though, okay? He doesn't He doesn't want to think about that. Moon, moon. Uh, 888-900-3393. Bobby in Texas. You're on the blaze. Hi. Hi. Um, I just wanted to <clears throat> comment on um, <clears throat> your questioning why there were planes left on... The Air Force Base, when the yes. hurricane was coming on, mm-hmm. um, the planes that are in the hangars are in maintenance hangars, and they're usually torn down for long-term maintenance, and they're waiting on parts, and it's not like they can be thrown back together at a drop of a hat to be flown mm-hmm. out. So there was a good reason why they were left there. It's because they were unable to fly out. You can't hear me. Hello? So, Bobby, continue. So, Bobby, we missed, uh, we missed part of that. Go, say that again. We had uh, our, our son uh, for a second. Go ahead. Yeah, the the planes that are in the hangars are they're in maintenance hangars. So they oh, yeah, can't and they're fly. Torn, yeah, and they can't fly mm. out. So there was a good reason why they were left there. That would be an um, interesting part of the story to include. Oh, by the way, they well, were still left behind <sighs> because they were under maintenance and they couldn't fly. I can't, I can't speak to the poorly written statements that <laughs> yeah. people put out. I just wanted to inform you so you yeah. knew well, that, a little bit more. That is helpful. And you're sure that, the, that they were uh, in maintenance and they couldn't fly? Sure, because yeah. the only reason I was in the Air Force for eight years, mm-hmm. and the only reason why a plane goes into a hangar is for maintenance. It's not like it's a garage that they get parked there overnight. They're in there for maintenance. Okay. Oh, so let's just say hypothetically, you're starting a country and you're building Air Force bases around mm-hmm. it, and then you you know you want to uh, fix these planes. Eventually, you're going to have planes mm-hmm. that are, are going to need repair. Mm-hmm. Um, could they maybe repair those somewhere other than the coast? <laughs> So, I mean, are there well, any other places in the country where we have, you know, mechanics? Where you could fix a plane and right? where you could park a plane to fix it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bobby's gone, so she's not oh. going to be able to answer that. Sorry. So we'll have to just guess. I'm going to say no. There's no other place. It has to on be on continent. the Gulf Coast of Florida? It has to be in Florida. I don't understand. Yeah. It's just it's weird. <laughs> it has just, to be in high-risk areas. But as long as we're looking for <laughs> mechanics to fix these planes, let's not look to Belgium. Because apparently the mechanics over there just blow up planes. Right. So, be careful there. Who you pick? All right. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety. You playing the lottery? That does make sense though, because you couldn't. You can't. 
you can't fly it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just don't park them there in the first that, place. That Just you know, sense. it's called planning ahead. You're gonna buy a lottery ticket tonight? Uh, no, I'm not. You're not. Okay. No, I'm gonna do I'll the buy same one. thing I always do and not buy one. I'll buy one for you. All right, and I'll just call it my Pat ticket. All right, uh, eight hundred and sixty-eight million dollars. Uh, Friday night. And there's another one. Now that's the other one's. Oh, tonight's the three forty-five. Ah, wait till Friday.